Welcome to It Just Means Less, where we talk all things SEC sports. Here are your hosts, Wells Perrigan and Jacob Holman. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the It Just Means Less podcast. This is episode four. Here we're doing the uh, Auburn preview. We have a special guest tonight, uh, Auburn's own Michael Floyd, Auburn super fan number two. How are you, Michael? I'm wonderful, and anytime I get an opportunity to talk about one of the greatest universities in the country, I just have to take that opportunity. That's great. That's great. I'm here with my co-host, Jacob Holman. How are you, Jacob? I'm good, Wells. How are you? I feel like, you know, Auburn's one of the biggest uncertainties this year. I mean, the SEC is normally better when Auburn's good, so I'm really excited to see how this is going to turn out. Um, you know, Yeah, Hugh, there's a lot of – go ahead. Sorry. You know, Hugh Freeze on the Plains coming from Liberty last year where he was 8-4, and four, which, you know, 8-4 and four at a mid-major just doesn't, like, hop off the wall and sound SEC coach. But he had some pretty big wins last year, especially beating at Arkansas. I think that's kind of what got him the job. Yeah, I think I think going to going to Arkansas with that Liberty team and just um, you know showing that he can win at a place like that with a team like Liberty, who you know who was good to have Malik Willis not too or two years ago, um, you know just showing that he can get it done. I think that had a lot to do with him getting hired down the plans. I also think he did a pretty good job with his um, OC and DC. He went and got a lot of experience with uh, Philip Montgomery, who was a coach at Tulsa from 2015 to uh, 2022. Didn't exactly light it up on fire. Was 43 and 53 as the head coach, but he was also the offense coordinator when RG3 was at Baylor, who was arguably one of the most exciting players in college football. Yeah, you know, winning the Heisman that year, you know, just <clears throat> having been, having him as your quarterback really helps your case for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, he's Alvin's coming off a season where uh, Brian Harson was let go after eight games, and uh, I'm sure Michael can test to this. Just the energy from when Brian Harson was let go was insane. Afterwards, like I've never seen such of a, a celebration for somebody losing their job. Hey, you know, I, I I'll never forget that tragic, glorious whatever day you want to call it, October 31st, the birthday of Nicholas Saban over there in Tuscaloosa, and I was on the Tiger trip. Of all places, and I got the Twitter alert. Auburn has fired Brian Harson. The first thing I did was buy my ticket to Saturday's game at Mississippi State because I was going to see Auburn and led by Cadillac Williams. And oh my goodness, the Tiger fans showed up in droves in Starkville. Um, just a just a renewed sense of pride, hope about this program, about this school, and you are definitely seeing that momentum carry over into this season especially since this is the first time we've had a hard sellout of Jordan-Hare Stadium. Yeah, going off Auburn last year, Auburn was not impressive, 5-7, and 2-6 and six overall in the SEC. They started off 3-0, and or sorry, 2-0, and and then got their butts whooped by Penn State, a game that had a lot of excitement and did just not live up to the height. Then they beat Missouri off a game that both teams were trying to lose. You know, that was one of the, cra- one of the craziest games I've ever been at. Um, then they went on a big losing streak. They lost to at it, or they lost two LSU at home after they blew a, I believe it was a 14 or 17 point lead. Mm-hmm. They lost at UGA pretty bad, at Ole Miss versus Arkansas, which is when Brian Harson lost his job in the bye week after. Then they lost at Mississippi State, but you could definitely tell the team had kind of turned the page. Then, then they beat Texas A&M. They beat Western uh, Kentucky, and they ended up losing to Alabama. At Ryan Denny Stadium. So overall, not that impressive a stadi- uh, season last year for them. But Hugh Freeze has just done a complete roster overhaul this year. I mean, so many transfers coming in. 
there's at least 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. There are 17 new transfers that are projected to get serious playing time for Auburn this year. That's just something you don't see in the SEC. Yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't. I definitely don't see that happening uh, too often in a conference like the SEC, especially, you know, somewhere like Auburn, I guess, in the past few years. You know, last year um, – was that TJ's first year in Auburn last year? It was his was it year? second year. It was his second yeah, you year. Know, you know, him coming from LSU, you know, most of the time you're getting the, the bigger guys that come in there um, as transfers to the Power 5 schools. But I think the biggest one this year is Peyton Thorne, for sure. Would you say? I think he's got the potential to be. Um, it, all, it all comes down to who's going to win that quarterback job. I mean, I guess we can go ahead and get into this. I mean, QB battle – we're three weeks away from football, and nobody, including the head coach, knows who's playing. If you were having to pick one person right now, Floyd, who would you think would be the starting quarterback week one versus UMass? Well, you know, uh, first, obviously, a shout-out. I'm going to give shout-outs on here, but shout-out to the Auburn beat. I, I cover, I follow all of them very religiously, you know, all the three rivals, the Observer, uh, 247, all of them. And all of them kind of had the same uh, – echoed the same sentiment Saturday – um, after the first official scrimmage of fall camp, and that was, you know, Coach Reed literally saying in the meeting uh, after the well, the post, what you call it, the conference press conference, and basically, you know, saying he had to reevaluate who the starting quarterback was going to be. Um, honestly, I honestly do not know who the quarterback will be if I have to choose today. Um, I've heard some people say, well, you don't bring in Payne Thorne from Michigan State just to bitch him. Um, oh, well, Robbie is looking good. Don't sleep on holding. Uh, Brian or Grenier, how do you pronounce his last name? But holding, don't keep on holding. And I saw one tweet saying basically that it was holding Robbie Payton. I'm like, wow, if that's true, then, you know, we're in for a, a, a season that we all don't know what can lie ahead. But if I had to pick somebody, it would probably be Robbie Ashford. I just, uh, to me, Robbie plays with enough heart and grit. Uh, seeing him, play with passion against Mississippi State, you know, following up against uh, A&M and then West Kentucky, and then the the way he played against Alabama in the Iron Bowl in, in Brian Denny Stadium, the man played with a lot of heart. So if I had to pick somebody, it would be Robbie Ashley. I think, I think if Robbie gets the job, that's something Auburn fans should be excited about because that means that he has drastically improved his passing game. Last year, Auburn had nine passing touchdowns to 12 interceptions. You know, that's less than ideal. I believe five of the se- uh, nine touchdowns were running backs catching the pass. I mean, catching the touchdowns. So if Robbie can go in there and beat somebody that was a legitimate starter in the Big 10 who liked to spin it around, that means he's improved. And that, and if you can do that on top of his running game, I think he could be a very exciting player. I still think it's going to be Peyton Thorne. Like you said, um, you don't bring in a, really a transfer quarterback if you don't expect him to start and all that. Jacob, what are your thoughts? You know, I going off of what uh, Floyd said when it, how Robbie played in Bryant Denny Stadium. You know, being an Alabama fan and a student there, um, seeing how he played, and I know you know he took the seven nothing lead, kind of had me, kind of had me a little worried there for a little while. Um, you know, he he definitely definitely showed up, represented Hooper well, but I I think I would go Peyton Thorne just because he does have the experience of. Um, coming from the big the Big Ten and having the job at Michigan State, but you know, like you said, Robbie played he played well as you know that end stretch of the season. So 
I don't, I think you can't really go wrong with either one of those two. I don't know much about Holden, to be honest with you. So I would probably say one of those two, but I would leave Peyton Thorne. Yeah, a lot of the coaches have said that Holden spins the best ball, but there's a lot more than just throwing the ball in practice and having right. the, the ball come out of your hand as well. you got to be able to make them game time reads, which is something that unless you've been thrown into the game, nobody truly knows how you're going to react to that, which is why, I mean, same thing last year with T.J. Finley. Everybody was talking about how T.J. Finley was going to be the starter, came in and started the first, was it three games, Floyd? Because I believe he started, yes. Penn State. he started Penn State, I believe. And then Robbie just beat him out basically off pure athleticism because they weren't right. exact, they weren't exactly lighting the world on fire, throwing the ball. And Auburn wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire with Robbie running the ball either as far as win loss record. But it was still an improvement from TJ Finley's slow self back there in the, in the pocket. And, and you're, and you're absolutely right. And also if you look at, the quarterback room right now, and you, you like look at Bo Nix in 2019. 2019, when Bo Nix came in as a true freshman, you had a, a neutral site game in Arlington. You had to go to Gainesville. You had to go to LSU. You had Alabama and Georgia at home. You went to Arkansas. This year, Robbie, uh, Peyton, Holden, whoever wins that job, you got to go to Death Valley. Death Valley is going to be one epic place this year. You got to go to Texas A&M. After the season they had last year, that place is going to be on pure cocaine when that game time comes against Auburn. And then you got to go to Arkansas. For some reason, Arkansas fans just have this beat with Auburn, so that game is going to be some type of craziness because the last three games against Arkansas have been nothing but pure craziness uh, when it comes to those two teams. So you have some tough and kind of hostile environments. And let's not forget, you got to go to California week two, I believe. Week two, you got to go out of the Virgin California. That's going to be out of your element. You're going to be playing, well, basically here, if you're on the Central Coast, you're going to be staying, playing at around 9.30 at night. So that's going to be kind of a crazy adjustment for the guys. So you have some tough environments. And to me, if you play them off environments, who have the ability to play in these tough environments? I would say Robbie, but, you know, Peyton has played at Penn State. He's played at the Big House. He's played um, at the Horseshoe at, at, at Ohio State. You know, he's played at some big – Time venues in the Big Ten, but Big Ten venues do not compare to the SEC venues we have down here in the South. Yeah, I'm kind of worried a little bit. Actually, let me say this. I'm not worried about quarterback play as far as being affected by the environment because, like you said, both of them have either played in hostile SEC environments last year or played in hostile environments in the Big Ten. I am worried about a lot of the transfers that we brought in, Shane Hooks, Jarrah Shorter, Dylan Wade, Avery Johnson, Gunnar Britton are all projected to be starters on the offensive side of the ball. Coming from the schools of like Jack State, North Texas, Tulsa, East Carolina, they've never played in an environment quite like what's fixing to be walked in or probably played the talent week in and week out that they've played. So on paper, it looks really great what they brought in, but it's just right. nobody really knows what's going to happen when those guys get put into the situation. They brought in... Of all them transfers, they're only expected to have one guy start as a true freshman this year, which is kind of a testament to himself. Keldrick Falk out of Highland Home, Alabama. If you, Going back to the beat writers that Floyd talked about, they are absolutely in love with Mr. Falk there. He is a – they played a jack in high school, but they're going to play him at that, um at end this year at Auburn. And if you can play in in the SEC, you're pretty good as a true freshman. But as far as production coming back last – I mean, this year, Jarquez Hunter – Nobody really knows exactly what's happening there. 
Auburn fans are really hoping <laughs> that uh, he is back pretty quickly because Jarquez, in my opinion, as an Auburn fan, is a top three running back in the SEC. I feel like Judkins at Ole Miss and Rock Sanders at Arkansas are the only ones anybody can make a legitimate argument right now about being better than him. And then you got Javaris Johnson last year, who was Auburn's leading touchdown uh, receptionist with three. You know, you look at other schools like Alabama and all the, and their leading touchdown. Yeah, I did not have three touchdowns last year. So it's a little <laughs> bit of a, little bit of a nervous thing coming back. But then Auburn's strength this year is definitely going to be their DB room. I believe every starter came back. DJ James is projected to be a first or second round pick. Nehemiah Pritchett and Jalen Simpson are supposed to be mid, mid round picks. I feel like if Auburn can stock the Brian, they'll be pretty good on defense. Yeah, and I think going back to what you talked about with all the new, the going back to the newcomers, um, you know, like the Shane Hooks from Jackson State and the Jerry Shorter from North Texas. You know, you're starting off with with UMass. You know, not not the greatest team by any stretch. So you know, you get them get them used to playing in an environment like Jordan Hare, and then you know, going out to uh, to Cal. You know, they're not the they're not the greatest team in the world either. But you know, just getting them getting them the exposure in those first three weeks kind of against teams that aren't as as good as teams in the SEC and just getting them confident, I think, is going to be a big, 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 big deal for, for Auburn. Lloyd, do you have anybody that you think are you're outside of the quarterback room that you're excited to watch this year as far as a breakout player? You know, I am really eager. To, this was the second best transfer portal class in all college football uh, behind Colorado, the Deion Sanders just did a massive overhaul out there. I believe it was and, 53 I mean, recruits. Right. You know, Colorado was in the Pac-12 or Big 12, whatever it is now with all this realignment stuff going big on. Big four. Yeah, Big four. That's what it is now. Um, I, it, it's hard because there was a lot of players that we that, that, that were brought in. Um, but I, I'm going to go on the defense side of the ball. I want to say Elijah McAllister comes in from Vanderbilt. I'm excited to see him play. Um, to me, I think he possesses that leadership role that Derek Hall had last year. And obviously that's a big hole that uh, Derek left for coming from a leadership perspective. And I'm very eager to see Elijah on the field and off the field um, as a playmaker on the field than as a leader off the field. Yeah, Elijah was one of them guys that got picked to go represent Auburn at SC Media Day which was a little bit surprising in my opinion that you pick a transfer who had been there probably four months now. But I guess that just does speak to his leadership. Right. I mean, everybody has nothing but positive states to say about him. I'm probably going to lean as far as breakout player this year. I think I'm going to go Jalen Simpson. Jalen Simpson has somebody that's been in Auburn's defense for a long time. But I think him moving back to safety is going to allow him to excel a little bit more. He's a hard hitter already. He's not scared to take his – he's not scared to get in the pile. And, you know, that's something you don't see a lot with DVs. So I think Jalen Simpson is somebody that's going to be a real leader back there on, on Auburn's defense. What about you, Jacob? I'm going to go with Shane Hooks. You know, I think, he, you know, he's, he's six four frame. You know, he's a little later at 190. But, you know, at Jackson State, you know, he kind of did what he had to do. He, he, led, he led that team in a lot of areas in receiving. And so I think – you know, him coming over to Auburn and getting those, getting the exposure like in the first three games, you know, getting his feet wet. I think he, I think he might have a chance to, to just show something out and be a game changer for Auburn this year. Yeah. I mean, with the receiver room being so 
raw, I guess would be a good word to describe it, he's definitely got a better opportunity than somebody like I said, Jalen Simpson, to immediately stand out. Um, on the offensive ball, I'm really excited to see Camden Brown. I think Camden Brown was somebody that came along last year. He's a big, tall, muscular guy. If you looked at him, you'd probably think he was playing outside linebacker. I mean, I believe he's about 6'4", about 230, which is pretty pretty muscular and all that. I also think – I feel like Damari Austin's going to have a big year. Especially, Absolutely. Especially within the first few games – Nobody knows what's happened with Jarquez Hunter. But if you look at what Jarquez Hunter was able to do last year with Tank Bigsby at the starting running back and still getting that many reps, I think Demar is going to have a really big role for the Auburn offense this year. Can I go with a kicker and be like Alex McPherson? I'm excited to see him. You know, um, historically in the past couple of years, Auburn has been a team to where we rely heavily on our kickers when we get down in the red zone and can't do anything. And I think, you know, the Carlson brothers were phenomenal for Auburn, but I think McPherson is going to be kicking a lot of long balls this year. Um, Until we figure out what's going on with our offense, because we don't have a quarterback situation is just the main question. So if we don't have a uh, starter by the time uh, week one gets here, I I expect a lot of field goals against UMass. Um, But Alex McPherson, you know, you got to – Always kind of be kind of kicker you. You got to live up to it. So I'm excited to see him uh, kick some balls this year. The pride of Fort Payne. That's right. Absolutely. Alabama high school football. You can't beat it. Um, <laughs> Floyd, go ahead and give me a a schedule prediction this year. Like, what do you have oh, Auburn finishing? You know, as as Auburn super fan number two. You know, my goal is always twelve and zero undefeated. Um, but you know, I want to keep it realistic. So I said 10 and 2. Then I realized, you know, that's kind of not what I probably should predict. So in all honesty, I'm going to say 9 and 3. I want to say 9 and 3 with losses to Georgia at home. Um, I, I think we dropped to Arkansas. I think that'll be like the flute game of we go in there like the ultimate trap game in Fayetteville. Um, and then that third loss, I'm going to give it to then I'm going to give it to LSU. I'm going to give it to LSU. Um, hopefully, I, I hope, hope, I hope we beat LSU because I will be in attendance for that game. And I don't want to deal with Tiger fans if we lose that game. Um, but I want to say 9 3. Um, and Tigers off, obviously, they go to their on the road, beat AM. They take down Alabama at home, both Mississippi schools, um, and, uh, take care of Cal. Um, but, it, if Auburn is not ready by week two as far as the quarterback room, you know, Auburn is historically the team. How the quarterback goes, that's how everything else goes, defense and offense goes. Um, if we go into Cal unsure about that quarterback room, we can easily lose that game. I'm a firm believer in that, um, but let's hope not. But as of right now, before the season starts, I have the Tigers going 9-3 and three with hopefully a trip to like a Peach Bowl or something or uh, an Outback Bowl, a good bowl that's not in Birmingham, Alabama. I mean, Birmingham, Alabama, it's only that hour and a half drive. We didn't have to stay in a hotel room, you know. <laughs> um, I, I have Auburn going 8-4. and four. I think I think LSU, UGA, Bama, and Arkansas. I have Arkansas just like you, Floyd. Are all going to be probably losses. I think the only one that's really not – where Auburn could possibly not cover the spread – 
is going to be that UGA game. But at the same time, week five, UGA might not have it figured out at quarterback either. Right. I mean, Carson, nobody knows for sure what Carson Beck's going to do. Um, if he plays as well as a Snapchat Riz is, they're not going to be pretty good. <laughs> they're not, they're not going to be good at all. <laughs> but, this um, man just said Riz on the internet. <laughs> do, so do they have Riz in Gordo? Do they have it out there? Or? We were the Riz. Yeah, yeah. We created, Gordo created Riz. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is going on the internet. <laughs> uh, I'm not worried about it. I think possum would be proud. Well, I think nine and three is definitely um attainable. I feel like I just don't feel I don't see Auburn going down in LSU and beating them in Death Valley, especially if we're talking about an eight o'clock game, an eight o'clock game in Death Valley. Of course, Auburn did it two years ago. Yes, but but, but you have, had Bo Nix. But you also had Potato Man at coach. Yeah, but you had Bo Nix. That was that that was completely Bo Nix in my opinion. Um, and, and, to, and to add on to what I was saying, I, I honestly believe that nine and three is the ceiling. Um, because I mean there are some tricky games to where, you know, it, it can slip up. We don't have things figured out. Um, but I, I do have all the going to a bowl game. But are they going to go nine and three? Or are they going to go at uh, six and six, seven and five. I don't. I think they win more than six games. But as of right, I'm going to go with nine and three. Is uh, so would you say six and six is your seat, uh, your floor right now? Seven and five will be seven the floor. Five. I think that's fair. Jacob, why don't you go ahead through and run down us with your schedule and predictions? Well, I have them at Michael's floor. I have them going seven and five. Um, losses. You know, I I think a loss at A&M, loss with Georgia at home at LSU. At Arkansas, and I think I think the one that could make them eight and four would probably be Alabama at home. You know, just because of Auburn Jesus, you know, he is he is real, and the curse. So you know, it's always hard to go. You know, it's hard to go down there with a big a big rivalry game like Georgia and Alabama. You know, that place is going to be rocking. So, um, and and to add on what you're saying, Jacob, if Auburn you know does lose at A&M, LSU, Arkansas, Georgia. Going to the Iron Bowl, Q Freeze is going to throw the kitchen sink at them because that will be his first signature win as an Auburn head football coach. So, absolutely, that, that's – Jaron Hare going to be hyped up on cocaine once the right. Iron Bowl comes, you know. So, um, but I, I think it's important for Coach Freeze to get that first signature win, which would be, in my opinion, at A&M, going to A&M, winning on the road in Kyle Field. They have a new OC in, in Petrino. Jimbo, who still hasn't kind of released, or he has never, he hasn't come out and said who's going to be calling the plays, running the offense. So that's going to be interesting to see. So if he can come out of A&M with a win, then the, the trajectory, the floor, the feeling for Auburn changes drastically, in my opinion. Do you think? I think the, go ahead, Jeff. I think the I think the whole city of Auburn would would go crazy if they start off four zero. I, I think that place would erupt, and I think he would get a. I think he'd go ahead and get a three-year contract extension right then. You know, just because you know, just because you went from having a coach for eight months, and then you know, I think, I think that place would go crazy. Do you think if Florida, if A and M loses to Auburn there, and A and M is sitting there two and two after the losses to Auburn and Miami after week four, do you think that's it for Jimbo? You know. um, 
I honestly, you know, you know, there's Auburn buyouts and there's Texas and M buyouts. Um, no, I don't because they would have to owe that man. Jimbo would never have to coach another game. He would have to have another job. He will be set for life. I think his buyout is still in the ninety millions, and that is totally absurd amount of money to pay a coach to not coach. Um, I don't. If they do, I I, I just don't see. It. I think, ugh. but you know, take the and him got money. But honestly, the got I money. Think, you know, honestly, I and, I and I also will say this. I say I say no because of how much they owe him, but then again, I say yes because you have Texas joining the league next year. So it's kind of a, okay. We need to hurry up and nip it in the bud so we can have it be on the on one page, one accord going into next season. Um, that'll be interesting. And I'm going to add this: I have LSU winning the West this year. I think Just that's saying. Fair. I think that's fair. When me and Jacob did our preview at the end of the year, both of us had LSU at 11 and 1 with losses to Alabama, but I could easily see it being the reverse. You know, sure. if, Brian, if Brian Kelly goes into Brian Denny, Lord have mercy. If he, if he goes in there and wins that game, then you may have a Nick new Saban, leader of the Nick SEC. Saban, yeah, Nick Saban's going to retire the next Sunday, and I'm going to go to church and lift my hands and say, Father, you have heard my divine prayer over all these years. <laughs> And, you know, it, what a glorious day it'll be. You know, that beach out he just bought looks fabulous. I think he needs to go enjoy it. I think he needs to invite me to it. Floyd, <laughs> <laughs> what do you, as an Auburn fan, what do you have as a disappointing season this year? Not making a bowl game. Um, it's just that simple. Um, going two years without a, a, a bowl berth will be disappointing. Um well, I, I, since I've been a student here at Auburn, Auburn has not won a bowl game. Um, we lost Northwestern in the Outback Bowl. Um, did we, did we make a, we, we lost the Citrus Bowl to, or we lost the Citrus Bowl or Sun Bowl to, in 2020, we lost the bowl game to somebody then. Oh, my bad. Let me track up. We, we, my freshman year lost Minnesota in the Outback Bowl. Then we lost Northwestern in the Citrus Bowl. Then we lost Houston in the Birmingham Bowl. And then we didn't make a bowl game last year. So you, you, you kind of need to make a bowl to win the bowl game. Uh, but not making a bowl game would be a disappointing season. I think I agree. Well, I, I, I'm going to set it a little higher. I think 75. I think when you look at the schedule with UMass, Cal, Sanford, Vanderbilt, and uh, New Mexico State, I think – that's all five wins right there. I think that's easily. And then not getting two between A&M, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Arkansas is pretty disappointing in my eyes, especially with Ole Miss and Mississippi State at home. Auburn has traditionally kind of dominated those two Mississippi right. schools at home. And if you're not beating them, that's not a good start, especially with the hype that the Ole Miss game is going to have with, Lane, with all the Lane Kiffin drama last year, as well as Hugh Freeze right. beating at Ole Miss previously. Right. And that, man, you know, as an Auburn fan, sometimes you have to abandon all hope and just see what's going to happen. Uh, shout out to Flory out there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I am very optimistic about this year. I do think the Tigers do get to a bowl game. Um, you know, Auburn – 
Auburn is at its best when it's underestimated, and this year Auburn will be tremendously underestimated. They're already starting eight, the season off not ranking the AP poll, um, so I think that bodes well for Auburn historically, seeing how they will improve throughout the season. I, I think that's fair, but we're also sitting there on the same page. Auburn it could easily start zero and three in the SEC with a loss to A and M, Georgia, and LSU. If you start zero and three, pressure gets pretty high. For that old, for that um, Ole Miss game in, in Jordan Harris Stadium, right? Jacob, as an Alabama fan, what is a disappointing season for Auburn this year? Um, he's gonna say twelve and zero. I um, I think I you know I have them seven and five, but I think if they don't make a bowl game like Floyd said, I think that would be a really disappointing. You know, back not going back to back years. Um. I think I would say six. I would say anything less than six and six would be a disappointing season, just because of tradition. I mean, you know, it within the past. I mean, you won a national championship back in two thousand ten, was it? Yes, two thousand ten. Yeah, and yeah. play for thirteen. So, right. You know, so I, I think I think six and six would be would be a disappointing season, or anything less than six and six. Should I say? On the flip side, Floyd already told us that he thought his ceiling was a. Uh, Nine and three, is that what you said, Floyd? Is that what you thought? Yes. What do you think the ceiling is, Jacob? Um, I think it's eight and four. I think I think you might I think you know, I have them seven and five and then I said eight and four if you beat Alabama and at and, and at home. So I think that would be um I think that would be it. Or you know, maybe beat Alabama and beat you know Mess around and beat Georgia. God knows, God knows that would. Oh, Jesus have mercy. The place Georgia, but but you know, then but maybe lose a game. You know, at Daddy, you never know. You never know with the SEC. You never know who's going to be ready that week. You never so. know with the Auburn Tigers. Um, Floyd can attest to this. If uh, if you don't have a heart attack being an Auburn fan, you're not going to have one. I mean, it's just that plain and simple <laughs> across all sports. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, I've seen a lot of schedule predictions where some people think Auburn is going to go to Nashville and lose to Vanderbilt. And it's like, you're out of your mind. But if you think about it. You never know. It'd be the Auburn that's thing. Another, that's another trap game. It'd be the Auburn thing to do, to beat LSU at LSU, beat Ole Miss at Mississippi State, and then lose at Vanderbilt. That's just Auburn. Right. Written, that's Auburn all over it. I don't know. I just I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, athletic. Right, exactly. You know, but you know, I'm sorry to AD Cohen, but losing the Vanderbilt will be Auburn being Auburn. That's what it'll be. There's nothing he can do about that. <laughs> just tradition. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's about wrapped up. All we had to talk about tonight. Floyd, tell everybody how they could uh, follow you or reach you across your different platforms. Oh my goodness, I am on. Every platform besides Blue Sky that's available to you without an invite, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm not going to use the Snapchat. That's one of my personal <laughs> uh, belongings right there. But on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at Michael Floyd underscore AU. If you are a lover of high school sports in the state of Alabama or in Georgia, you can follow me also at the Michael Floyd. Um, I have two accounts. So one is devoted to all my Auburn extracurricular activities. One is devoted to high school sports. Um, Facebook, Michael Floyd. It, it's a picture of, of me with a straw hat on. Um, but that's how you can follow me on social media. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob Square. Thank you guys for having me on tonight.
Thanks for being here, Floyd. Yeah, yeah, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. All right. Well, this has been the Auburn Preview. Uh, thank you for listening to It Just Means Less, hosted by Wells Perrigan and Jacob Holman.